Scott Turner is no longer offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. What does it all mean and who could be next? We tell you our thoughts on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Come and join us. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, everybody, and Commanders fans. We welcome you aboard one and all to the Locked On Commanders podcast, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. Good to have you with us on this edition of LOC. My co-host, David Harrison, is out tonight. And on this episode, he is covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. He's back later this week as we enter and fulfill the first week of what is expected to be a very busy offseason. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980, which you can find Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time with my co-host Pete Medhurst on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., and as well, anytime, anywhere, live and on demand on the Odyssey app. When we're not here or there, check out David on Twitter at dharrison82, me at russellmania621, and the show at LO Commanders. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, Daily Fantasy, made easy pick between two and five players, and if they score more or less, then their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com with the promo code locked on. All right. So as we told you about in the very top, Scott Turner has officially been fired by the Washington Commanders after three seasons as offensive coordinator. This should come as no surprise. David and I have obviously talked about it uh, over the last couple of episodes. Uh, we have mentioned that there was issues and problems. Everyone knows that the offense failed miserably in a lot of spots. The move back to Carson Wentz backfired, but that wasn't that wasn't because Taylor Heineke was playing well. Sam Howell saved the day, I suppose, on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, or maybe the Cowboys just rolled over and played dead. Either way, it wasn't good enough. Scott Turner was expected to get let go. Ron Rivera told everybody that they were going to complete an evaluation after about a week. He told everyone that they were going to meet with the Snyders on uh, this upcoming Monday, uh, and ultimately he decided to make the move because the move had already been made. The move had already been made. Uh, I was told in mid to late October by an official that Ron was not happy with the offense, not happy with Scott, and if things didn't improve right away or quickly, that there was a chance that Scott could have been fired midway through the season or two-thirds of the way through the season. That obviously did not happen, but this shouldn't surprise uh, anybody in any way, shape, or form. So Ron Rivera, when the team confirmed J.P. Finley's initial report, 
issued a statement saying, quote, I met with Coach Turner today and informed him that we'll be moving in another direction going forward with the offensive coordinator position. Unfortunately, we did not live up to expectations and standard that I expected to see from our offensive unit. I felt it was best for a fresh start at the coordinator position heading into next year. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Scott and thanked him for his three years of service to our organization. I wish Scott and his family all the best in the future. End quote. Classy statement, as you would expect. Um, it doesn't mean that this was a hard decision. It really wasn't. Even though Scott Turner was given a contract extension uh, last year, uh, believed to be three years, uh, even though they owe him money, again, not a hard decision uh, to make. Everyone kind of saw this one coming, and quite honestly, it would have been a major surprise if Ron did not make this move. And he made it quick. He made it quick. Not as quick as some others, but he made it quick. Uh, he didn't let it dangle, which I think is a good thing, because he had the decision made already. He made the decision before today. He made the decision before the end of the season, no matter what, no matter what Ron tried to pass off. And one thing that kind of annoys me, and I'll just say it like that, because I know the decision was made prior to Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock when Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew met with the media, basically they were up there kind of covering and shielding. They knew that they were going to fire Scott Turner that afternoon if they hadn't already done it privately. If they hadn't already done it. They knew what they were doing, and yet they didn't want to answer questions about why and what could potentially come and what philosophy and what style and are you looking for someone with experience or young or you know from a winning team or anything like that. They didn't want to answer those questions. So they waited until their final media availability, knowing full well that they were going to fire him if they hadn't already done so. And they didn't have to answer the questions. They did have to about the possibility. And Ron gave a very, very, very lukewarm, tepid reaction to Scott Turner doing his job. Didn't say he doing it well. Didn't say he is secure for the future. And obviously he knew. We all knew. We all knew this was happening. This was not a well-kept secret, right? And the writing was on the wall when Sam Fortier of the Washington Post came out uh, with that article over the weekend. Now, to be fair to Scott, he's had nine different quarterbacks to work with. It's egregious. The offense never ranked overall higher than 20th this past year, according to NFLGSIS.com, which is the league's official statistical service. They were 20th in yards per game, 28th in yards per play. And think about the fact that they hit a couple of big plays or how pedestrian that number would be if they didn't hit those couple of big plays. And y'all know which ones I'm talking about. Just Sunday night to Terry for 52. The big one to Deami Brown against Tennessee for 75. Terry for 49 in stride against Jacksonville and so on. 28th in yards per play. 28th in rushing yards uh, per game. 22nd in passing yards. 27th in interception rate. 25th in sack rate. 18th in first downs. 25th in third downs. 25th in red zone. 31st in goal to go. Yuck! 24th in scoring. 
And here's the one caveat. Number one in time of possession. How about that? They were bottom 10 in the NFL yet again. Second time in three years, they've been bottom five in yards per play, according to my pal Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan uh, and Sirius XM. Now, again, these are just numbers for context. These are just numbers for context. Scott Turner is not totally to blame in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, I said on the radio on Tuesday morning that I would only blame him about 30% of the time, but I fully acknowledged that he needed to be let go, that they needed a different uh, plan, that they needed a different voice, that they needed a different uh, a different everything. It, it, Scott's not a bad guy. He's got a creative mind. Sometimes he's over-creative. Sometimes he's too cute. Sometimes he's too predictable. Sometimes he's maddening. Uh, and... As my partner on the radio, Pete Medhurst, says, and he, I think he's right, he lacked a feel, he lacked a touch, a rhythm. And we saw plenty of examples of that, plenty of examples of just that. So Scott Turner is gone. Who could potentially replace him? Well, I'm not the only one that is going to bring up this name or has already brought up this name. And one of the names that comes to your mind, and I have no inside information on this. So let me be clear. This is just me trying to think and crunch numbers and look at connections and think about this logically. Mike Shula, the son of the legendary hall of fame coach, the late Don Shula, the former Alabama head coach and former offensive coordinator with Ron Rivera and the Carolina Panthers during their Super Bowl year and beyond. Now, he was ultimately let go by Ron a couple of years later, so maybe that disqualifies him. But I don't think it does right away. This is a different situation, different everything. So Mike Shula, currently a senior offensive assistant with the Buffalo Bills, certainly should be a name that you keep in mind. And we'll tell you more why later coming up. Another name that I don't think anybody's thrown out there, but I will with the absolute focus being on the run a game and the run attack and what they want to do uh, as their offensive identity. And again, we'll touch on this in just a sec from what Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera said on Tuesday. You have to think that maybe the grizzled veteran, John Matzkow, who again has been with Ron since he came here, was with Ron in Carolina, that he might be the at least run game coordinator and maybe the offensive coordinator to boot. They have Travell Wharton, who's been the assistant offensive line coach. I think they like him. I think. I've heard that they hold him in high regard. Maybe, just maybe, Travell Wharton gets that promotion to offensive line coach and John Matzkow becomes the, either the run game coordinator or just the offensive coordinator by title. Another name to keep in mind that I wouldn't throw out there, or I, I wouldn't disqualify, is Joe Brady. Currently the quarterback's coach in Buffalo, formerly the offensive coordinator in Carolina. Now, before you go, oh, wait a second. That was under, obviously, Matt Rule, their former now head coach who replaced Ron Rivera. 
they butted heads. They had friction. Ron and Joe Brady never worked together uh, that I remember. But Joe Brady's right now the quarterback coach in Buffalo. Obviously, Ron and the Buffalo Bills and their staff had at least a very close relationship. I don't know what it is now after the J.D. McKissick situation. Joe Brady went up there, uh, obviously helped them. We all know about Josh Allen. Joe Brady is 33 years old. He had tremendous success with Joe Burrow at LSU. He fits the mold of young, aggressive, up-tempo, offensive mind that may be looking for that promotion again to an offensive coordinator spot because it didn't work out in Carolina. An outside-the-box dark horse candidate is my guy Logan Paulson. Now, this is going to take me longer than I have, but Logan Paulson is a very, very, very bright mind. And I think he has a good enough relationship with Ron. I think they respect each other, football acumen, 101, uh, and X's and O's wise. Logan's never been a coach in the NFL. Logan's never called plays in the NFL. I know he does some coaching. I know he works with tight ends and athletes. I know he has a great feel for this team. I know he differed from Scott Turner in a lot of ways. Just keeping in mind that Logan Paulson might be that dark horse outside the box. Whoa, I didn't think about him candidate. And Logan, you know, and I go a long way back. I would, I would personally find that very, very, very intriguing. And it would be fresh. It might not work out, but it would be unique and it would be fresh. All right, coming up, one more reason why Ron Rivera might struggle to hire a qualified offensive coordinator, one that gets the fan base lathered up. Plus, what did Ron and Martin Mayhew say on Tuesday? Or did they say anything? That's next, right here on LOC. But first, guys, this episode is presented by TurboTax. That's right, it's that time of the year again. Go to TurboTax right now and don't do your taxes, huh? Wait a second, what? That's right. Meet with an expert that'll do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve the stress of doing taxes and filing for you so that you can not do your taxes. How about that? Show your eyes things that are not taxes, like, uh, I don't know, a vacation or maybe more work or do another podcast or something like that. Unpack a moving box for crying out loud. Plan a vacation. Um Taste something, cook something, clean something, whatever you want to do. Sleep through the night thinking all the while my taxes are in good hands and they're being taken care of. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring that they are done right. That is guaranteed so you can relax. Come to TurboTax and again, don't do your own taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more into it. TurboTax. Full service products only, a video meeting while the expert does your taxes is required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Guys, we're also brought to you by our friends at Ultimate Football GM. That's right. You know, the game that's sweeping the nation, right? You guys play a lot of games on your phone. Well, this 
If you're the ultimate football fan, is the ultimate football game for you. It's called Ultimate Football GM. They've been with us for a couple of weeks. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM, being Martin Mayhew or Ron Rivera, uh, and managing your own football franchise and firing the offensive coordinator, just like the Washington Commanders did on Tuesday. Well, this, again, is the game for you. You can make draft picks, you can trade players, you can sign free agents, all while doing it in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go, as you want and when you want to. Locked On Commanders listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps, that's locked on in all caps to make sure you go check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, we are back on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We roll along. Scott Turner, again, fired by the Washington Commanders. That, of course, is our number one and most expected story of this very busy, sure-to-be offseason, already off and running. Thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Subscribe now to the Locked On NFL podcast and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis with the biggest games with key predictions every friday and monday local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes it's locked on nfl available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast before we get to what martin mayhew and ron rivera really didn't have anything to say before we get to that and a recap uh, i just want to add this one point ron rivera and the commanders might struggle might struggle to get a qualified sexy big time offensive coordinator as a matter of fact i would highly doubt you guys are going to be blown away by who they hire because Ron enters year four in a proverbial lame duck tag status. He does. He hadn't had a winning season. They haven't made the playoffs in two years. Going into year four of what is believed to be a five-year contract with no extension, new owners potentially. He's going into a lame duck season. That's all there is to it. It'll be hard to find somebody that isn't desperate or someone that has a lot of blind faith and connections to Ron. So if you're thinking, oh, no more Carolina, well, you might want to think again. Or if you're thinking, I want that sexy name, yeah, maybe not. Going to be hard to find that guy, unless he's a low-level assistant that you don't know anything about. Maybe he's a wide receivers coach that is young and thought to be upcoming, but why would he take this job? Even though you have very good wide receivers, you have a lame duck coach and an ownership situation and an entire organization in turmoil. Again, never-ending turmoil. Why would you take this job? Again, if you're a quarterback's coach who's fizzled out as an offensive coordinator, you might take the job because what do you have to lose? You're going to get another quarterback job somewhere else probably. That's where we threw out the name Joe Brady. Just keep that all in mind. All right. So Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew met with the media on Tuesday again before they fired publicly Scott Turner. They already knew what they were doing. Uh, so, again, they gave him a completely lukewarm endorsement. Now it means nothing. Uh, but it would have been the talk of, and it was for a couple of hours anyway, it would have been the talk of the town. They knew what they were doing. They just didn't want to answer the questions about philosophy, who they were going to hire, young, old, connected, not, what have you. They talked about their identity, 
being a run first, control the clock, slow down the game. Some of the numbers and analytics show exactly that in terms of time of possession, which we mentioned, number one, in the NFL. But here's one thing that was interesting. While they were talking, I started doing some research, and I went to profootballreference.com. They ran the ball 538 times in 2022. They threw the ball 554 times. So not a very big difference between the two. You throw in 48 sacks, which are passing, not attempts, but passing plays or pass dropbacks. And you get 602 in terms of pass dropbacks and pass plays to 538. Now that's not calls because again, calls can be adjusted. Balls can be kept based on read option keepers, all of that stuff, right? Things can happen, uh, checks, all of that. But 602 to 538, that means on 1,140 offensive plays, they were 52.8% to 47.1%, as is actually like 47.19%, so I should say 47.2% rush, 52.8 to 47.2. Not a very wide disparity. That's more what Ron and Martin Mayhew hammered home time and time and time again on Tuesday. And what Ron has said for three years, they were pretty 50-50-ish. Now, when Scott Turner, we think, had complete autonomy and had, at that point, a healthy Carson Wentz, first six weeks of the season, they were more closer to the 70-30 split. Again, remember, Brian Robinson missed the first four games of the year. So they were much more pass-oriented. But I think that ultimately hurt them to not have more of that balance. They tried to think that they could be Superman on offense. They couldn't. And they struggled in the red zone. They struggled in goal to go, as we outlined. And they struggled overall trying to find that identity. And then they kind of found it because I think Ron put his fingerprints on it. Ron was not happy. Again, this is mid-October, what I was told. Ron was not happy. Ron got more involved, and you see them becoming more of a run-based physical team. And Charles Leno on Monday in the locker room said basically, look, we had our identity. We lost it kind of after the Philadelphia win. I mean, what do you think? I mean, pretty clearly there was a philosophical divide. Scott wanted to be cute and progressive and fancy. Ron wanted to be old school. And it's hard to blame Ron totally because they don't have fancy at quarterback and or on the offensive line. They do at wide receiver. They don't have fancy elsewhere. It's kind of hard to blame Ron in that regard. They thought they made progress individually. Obviously, they think they're not far away. They wouldn't talk about Deron Payne. They wouldn't talk about upcoming contracts. Not that you would expect them to, uh, but they were, were in the process of evaluating everything. We're not going to give a whole lot of individual praise because it could be used against us. They did say they want to practice against another team. Uh, all of a sudden, that's a big thing. Even though they said, they claimed that they tried last year. I don't know how hard they tried. Uh, they said some of the soft tissue injuries that they had in camp and out of camp were blamed on heat. So they are going to adjust some things there. Again, it was a whole lot of, a whole lot of nada, a lot of words, a whole lot of nada, quite honestly. All right, coming up guys, we will put a close on this edition of the locked on commanders podcast with something Taylor Heineke said on social media. 
That's next, right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, this episode is also brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. That's right, Prize Picks. How does it work? Well, Prize Picks is always here for you. They're going to take good care of you, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Go to Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com right now. You're going to pick between two and five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you're going to win as long as you're on the right side, right? I like to play on ice. It's always a good idea to roll with Alexander Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals more than his prize picks projection. And don't forget, he's got a couple of his comrades back now and Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom, who just made their season debuts over the weekend. I would roll heavy with the Washington Capitals uh, players. And there's more. Again, prize picks projection sets the projection. You can go more or less. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. Prize Picks offers you projections on any sport that you watch, including men's college basketball, of course, the NFL playoffs, NBA, and much, much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Here's what you need to do. Download the Prize Picks app like I have or go to prizepicks.com. I also do that. Sign up and play daily fantasy sports with Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks going to give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks going to give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, we wrap things up here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Scott Turner fired as offensive coordinator of the Commanders after three years. Um, you know, w- without beating the situation to death, Scott Turner was limited by what he had at quarterback. There is no denying that. And people want to dismiss that and sweep it under the rug because they were 5-3-1 and one with Taylor Heineke and he's the little engine that could and all this stuff. I get it. I get it. Taylor Heineke was not horrible by any means. Taylor Heineke was not great by any means. I think Taylor Heineke was mediocre, was above average, maybe. That's what he was. They were limited. Now, that doesn't mean Scott Turner hurt, didn't hurt himself. He absolutely did. That doesn't mean Scott Turner didn't deserve to get fired. He absolutely did. And I don't take pride in that. That's just the reality. That's the cold harshness of the business. You got to produce, right, at quarterback, and you got to produce as a coordinator. And Scott Turner didn't, and I don't think Taylor Heineke produced enough either. Um, on Tuesday, after saying in the locker room, as David and I talked about on the previous edition, that he wanted to be back and that he would embrace the backup role, uh, you know, and, and this, that, and the other thing. Remember, he's a free agent. He said on Instagram with his back facing the camera, I don't know if that means anything, with his name in Jersey, Heineke 4, helmet on, you can't see his face, quote, you fell short of the goal. That being said, the memories and relationships from this year and the years past, I'll cherish forever. Best locker room full of guys I've been around. Love you guys, and thank you for believing in me. Thank you, fans, for the support. It means the world to me. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know I'm living out my dream, and I'll enjoy it as long as it lasts. It's been a real joy. Love you all. Very nice, touching letter. Um and it's part of the reason why Taylor Heineke is loved and appreciated. He's the little engine that could. And I don't mean that in a divisive way. I'm just saying he overcame a lot of obstacles, but unfortunately he wasn't able to overcome them all. And, and that's fine and that's expected. 
Uh, I'd like to bring Taylor Heineke back if he doesn't receive a much better offer than I think the commander should give him, which would not be anything more than, I don't know, two years and you know maybe $10 million, somewhere in that range tops because he he can and is a starter. He's a, a lower quality starter, but he is and can be a starter in this league. Whether he can elevate you, that obviously remains to be seen. He hasn't been able to do that just yet. Not that it's all his fault. Carson Wentz also essentially said goodbye on Instagram saying that this was a great year, great teammates, all of that, uh, and that he'll you know put his faith and all that stuff uh, we'll see what happens with Carson Wentz. Nobody expects him to be back. I mean, I suppose it's theoretically possible under a reworked contract that's majorly slashed, but that's 26-ish million dollars that's available with no dead money for the commanders right now to go and use in free agency. It's hard to see Carson Wentz returning for year number two. All right, David, we'll have more on Scott Turner and the fallout uh, from what happens there, and we'll see if there's any reports or movement on who might potentially replace him. Again, uh, mention Mike Shula, outside the box, Logan Paulson, maybe um, Joe Brady, former LSU offensive coordinator, uh, Panthers offensive coordinator, and current Bills quarterbacks coach, uh, Mike Shula we mentioned, uh, and also John Matsko. Just a couple of names for you to think about, marinate with, maybe shoot me a message if you have a name or two that you would like, that's realistic. That's realistic. We want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and view of the day. Come on back for that next episode. Again, David Bill will be with you. Uh, no more crossover Thursdays because there's no more games to be played. But check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577 on the voicemail or Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com or via DM at LO Commanders. That's going to do it for us today. Again, my partner, David Harrison, back on the next episode. Check him out, SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell. Check me out Monday through Friday, 9 to noon, with Pete Medhurst on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., and worldwide on the Odyssey app, always live, free, and on demand. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.